Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ride that pony, baby. Sexy Dad, cowboy. Ride it for daddy. You got oh, it, baby. Oh, you like that, oh, cowboy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nathaniel. Baby, you're home early. It's not what it looks like. What are you doing with Miranda in my bed? Oh, no. I can't believe you do this to me. <laughs> Is this why you've been staying longer at church? For all those extra choir practices? Oh, oh, why would the Lord do me like this? Oh. No, honey, you got this all wrong. Me and Miranda, we're just working on our, uh, our, our rhythm. You and that scallywag need to get the heck off my 800 thread count bed sheets right now. Nathaniel, I don't ever want to see you again. <laughs> La, 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 la. Hello, my friend, and welcome back for this follow-up episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. First of all, before I say anything else, are you okay? I know last week was a hard one. I went in on cheating and I dished some pretty scandalous stories and statistics, and the feedback was interesting, to say the least. For one, we had the highest second day downloads of all time, which means that people were hearing this and telling their friends. Thank you, by the way. Secondly, my DMs were lit. One woman hit me up saying that her dude had done six out of the seven warning signs that I talked about, and she discovered that he had been cheating. Another woman referred to the abnormal phone behavior that I talked about. She said, forget turning the phone upside down, cheater phone cases or lock screens. Her man told her he didn't even have a phone. And when she found the one that he did have, she realized that he was keeping the battery out of it and hidden on top of the kitchen counters. Holy shit. Like, are we sure it's really just a side chick that he's hiding? Are we certain that he's not a hitman for the mob, a connect for the cartel, or maybe a wanted criminal? Because that's a lot of work to hide a side chick. <laughs> for real, though, I wasn't anticipating how many men were going to tune in either, and I was kind of hoping they wouldn't. But I guess it makes sense. They're trying to flip our game on us, ladies. We got to stay alert. <laughs> so this week, we're asking the question, should you take a cheater back? There are all kinds of things to take into consideration when making a decision this big. So today, I hope to offer a fresh perspective, a new way of looking at things. I'm here to help you make the most informed decision possible for you. So put down the voodoo doll, step away from the pile of tear-soaked tissues, and get ready to learn how you can make the most out of a really shitty situation. Together, we're going to have you coming out of this stronger, smarter, and better than ever. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Last week, I gave you a statistic that had me shook, and I've given it some thought, and now it makes a lot more sense to me. The statistic was that of all the unfaithful husbands, 61% are still married, and out of unfaithful wives, 34% of them are still married. 
So there's a really big difference between who stays together depending on if it was the man or the woman who cheated. There's so many reasons this might be the case. Maybe women are more forgiving or maybe they feel they have fewer options if they leave. Well, on average, men tend to cheat because of things that they're lacking in their relationship physically, whereas women tend to cheat because they are missing something emotionally. So I feel like when a man cheats, his partner often knows there's a gap in their sex life and takes some of the blame onto herself. Whereas when there's an emotional disconnection and a woman seeks that in someone else, it can be a little harder to recover from, especially if she's fallen in love. The point is, plenty of couples stay together after infidelity. I once heard a quote that applies so perfectly here. It goes, the same small breeze will blow out a candle or fuel a forest fire. The same small breeze will blow out a candle or fuel a forest fire. Meaning that whether a relationship survives depends on how strong it was before the attack. So if the relationship wasn't very strong to begin with, it will likely collapse. And if it was strong, it has the potential to be better afterwards. But that's only after lots of work. And the truth is that these days, people don't seem to be down to put the work in. With all the propaganda that we see online saying, put your happiness first, and if it doesn't serve you, walk away, etc., We're almost groomed to be heartless, unforgiving people who walk away at the first sign of trouble. But I believe that it's not always that simple. Sometimes you have a long history with someone. Sometimes you have a family together. And sometimes there's even a deep love there that you don't want to lose. So today we're asking, should you stay? How do you know when it's the right conditions to put the work in or if it's time to start packing your bags? Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do with your relationship. Only you know how you feel about someone, the backstory of what was happening in your life, as well as how dedicated each of you are to do what it takes to make it work again. But I am, however, wanting to give you a few things to consider when making your decision. The first is, you are not stuck. You can absolutely leave if you want to. There's almost always a way. I've had many heart-to-hearts with women who wanted to leave but told me that they, quote, couldn't. One woman had a neglectful husband who openly hired escorts. She said, I want to leave, but I have to stay because I have two daughters and they need me to be with their dad. I said, do they though? Your daughters are in their 20s. I don't think they need to see you with their dad. I think they need to see a mom who will stand up for herself and not accept a half-assed love from a man who's openly admitting that he pays for sex from someone else. Then she said, but we built a beautiful home together and I put so much work into decorating it. I said, all right, then don't say you're stuck. Say you're choosing to stay for the home. It doesn't serve you to say out loud that you're stuck anywhere when you're absolutely not. She said, okay. But if I leave, I have nowhere to go. I said, so you have no family to stay with? Well, you get yourself back on your feet, no friends? Hell, even if you don't, you could start a side hustle and start putting money aside so that you have a couple months rent saved up so that you could leave. She said, well, I don't have a job. In five minutes, I rattled off all kinds of ways she could make money fast and without any previous training or education. Since you might be listening and in the same position, I'll tell you some of the ideas that I came up with off the top of my head. Like, 
you could start a house cleaning business, do a virtual assistant, work for people who offer services. You could work for wedding vendors, assist decorators with wedding setups, find items in thrift stores and sell them for more on eBay. My sister actually did that when she was a stay-at-home mom and made really great money. You could be a personal assistant. She could be a shopper for Instacart or a driver for Uber. You could do late night newspaper drop-offs. That's what my mom did when she was trying to make extra money to send us to private school. You could start a wedding planning business, offer to put on a masterclass for local makeup artists, and as payment, take a portion of each ticket sold. You could do landscaping, interior painting jobs. If you're artistic, you could design stationery for brides or special events. You could assist wedding photographers, start a side hustle selling homemade baked goods. You could do landscaping, errands for elderly people, the list goes on and on and on. What I'm getting at is that I don't want you being a mime, putting your hands all over the imaginary walls of a box that you've put yourself in. I'm not just saying this, I've seen it in action. I watched my mom make it on her own as a single parent with two little girls at only 20 years old. She worked nonstop to try and pay off the debt that my dad left in her name while trying to pay all the bills on her own as a waitress. There are other women who've thrived in even harder situations. You can do it. I know you can. Sure, it will likely be awkward, uncomfortable, and painful at first, but I know you can because I've done it myself. When my first marriage ended, I had nothing. He'd been in control of the money the whole time we were together, so I didn't even know what I could afford to rent on my own. I found a basement suite in Surrey, and I slept on a mattress on the floor with furniture that I'd found nearly for free here and there on Craigslist. The unit that I lived in had no heat, so in the winter, I'd turn on the oven and sleep with all my pillows and bathroom towels piled on top of me for warmth. I borrowed $2,000 from my parents to buy a junkie car, and I paid them off $50 to $100 at a time. I worked as much as I could, doing any work that I could find, and slowly, slowly, my business picked up, and before I knew it, I'd saved up enough for a down payment to buy my own condo. I walked away from any money that I'd built up with my ex. We used to flip houses, so we had a lot of cash saved up together. But I walked away from it all. The place we owned, the car, the furniture, everything. But to me, at that time, peace was more important than any of it. Now, I live in a beautiful place that's decorated with the furniture that I bought new, a place I'm proud of. I can confidently say that I made it on my own, and one day, you could too. You just have to be ready for a little bit of discomfort first. Number two, this could be your biggest blessing. Now hear me out because I know, I know this is crazy for someone to say that being cheated on, having your heart ripped out, dragged behind a pickup truck, speeding down the freeway they left for dead in a ditch next to roadkill could ever be a positive. But hear me out for one second. I know someone who was in a marriage for over 15 years. She wasn't happy at all but she kept herself distracted with her kids so that she didn't have to think about what she was missing in her relationship. She wasn't getting the love or affection or attention she deserved from her husband, not even close, but she told herself that she would get the love and affection that she needed from her kids. Then she found out that her husband was cheating and not just any kind of cheating, okay? He was caught buying a flight for a prostitute that he'd been frequenting regularly. His stupid ass was trying to book himself a hocation behind his wife's back. She was crushed, devastated even. The one person on this planet that she thought she could trust had betrayed her. But here's the thing. She would have stayed in an unhappy marriage until the day she died. She would have remained there, unhappy and not getting the love she deserved because she's a good woman who stood behind the promise she'd made almost two decades ago. 
When you're a loyal person in an unloving marriage, it's like you're being held captive. You can't get love from anyone else, but your partner isn't giving it to you either. And I don't think that's a way for anyone to live. But because this man crossed the line, because he messed up so bad, showed his true colors and did something many would consider despicable, this woman now has the power to make changes in her life that she never would have made otherwise. Do I wish heartbreak on anyone? Absolutely not. But would I rather someone have temporary heartbreak instead of a lifetime stuck in a loveless marriage? Yes, absolutely. Now she has all the power. This is a pivotal place in her life where she can decide if she wants to stay. And if she does, she has the ability to say what she requires of him in order to make things better. Or she can kick his ass out, live a new life, not waiting for love from anyone else. I guess what I'm getting at is sometimes we need the pain to be big enough that it forces us to take action. I was in the exact same situation. Sure, it's hard temporarily, but in the long run, it ends up being a level up. So many of us are afraid to leave because of the temporary discomfort, but as someone who's on the other side of not just one, but two very painful divorces, I can tell you, life can be beautiful once you're healed and back on your feet. In fact, one of the women I spoke to this week said to me, but what would it be like to be divorced? I don't think I could do it. I took a second. I looked around my place with both of my toilet seats down. No messes that I didn't make myself decor that I chose, the music playing that I enjoy listening to, and I said, you would be just fine. Finding out someone cheated in a dating relationship is a blessing for sure. Now you know what type of a person you're dealing with and can put all the energy you were spending on their undeserving ass back into yourself or a partner that deserves it. So all I'm trying to get at is finding out somebody is cheating isn't always a bad thing. It's better to know what's going on so you can plan accordingly and possibly make some really big changes in your life for the better. Number three, there are other people. As of January 1st, 2023, there were 7,942,645,086 people on this planet. I promise you can find somebody else. You haven't met everyone you're supposed to meet yet. Who knows who could walk into your life at any moment? And you can't catch your blessings if your hands are full. So if someone's cheated on you and isn't willing to do the work to make it up to you, to the left, to the left, there's someone else who will get it right the first time. They'll come along at exactly when the time is right for you. Now this next one, I know when it resonates with someone who's heard it because they usually lose their breath like they've just been punched in the gut when I say it. So here it goes. Number four, it's better to be lonely because you're alone than lonely with someone beside you. I spend a lot of time by myself and people always assume that I'm lonely. Isn't it lonely traveling by yourself? Isn't it lonely eating by yourself? No, absolutely not. In fact, the times I've been the loneliest in my life was when I had someone right beside me. Why? Because I was constantly waiting or hoping for them to love me back. Waiting to be seen or appreciated? Ugh, that's the loneliest feeling on earth. Crying in bed wondering how my partner could sleep knowing I was in pain? Wondering why it seemed he'd rather spend time with everyone else but me? Expressing my feelings as carefully as possible and having it fall on deaf ears? Wondering why other people saw me as great but my partner made me his last priority? Now nah, I'm never doing that again. I'll never be lonely with someone beside me. 
do I have lonely moments? Sometimes, not often, but sometimes I do. And when I do, it's because I am alone. (laughs) And if I don't want to be, I call up a friend to hang out or have a chat on the phone with someone I love. These days, I love my space. I protect my peace. It feels great sleeping at night not wondering where someone is or why he doesn't love me. Sometimes the upgrade isn't a new person. It's It's a a new new piece of of mind. So now you're asking yourself, okay, okay, I get it. I shouldn't be afraid to move on, but when is the circumstance right to stay? Well, I'm glad you asked. In order to get this point across, I'm going to paint you a little picture. Now let's pretend you love Red Lobster. It's your favorite restaurant. It's where you've celebrated all of your milestones. You had your birthdays there, date nights. Hell, maybe your man even proposed to you there. You know the menu. You have your go-to items you always decide between. It's your comfort food. Hell, you even have a favorite table. And because you're a regular, the servers all know where you like to sit and do their best to accommodate when you visit. Now, imagine one night you get all cute for a dinner out. You get your favorite table, you order all your favorite dishes, you toast to a successful week, enjoy every bite, and then go home and get hit with the worst case of food poisoning you've ever experienced. You are exploding out of both ends nonstop. You're weak, you're dehydrated so much so that you end up in the hospital. Now, I researched food poisoning for this episode, and did you know that there are people who've been in a coma or even died from it before? This has potential to be really quite serious. Actually, now that I think of it, I once had a terrible case of food poisoning. I was traveling around Africa with an ex-boyfriend who's a photographer. We were there doing some work, and when we were in Zanzibar, we ended up on a snorkel trip out in the ocean when suddenly it came over me. At first, I thought it was motion sickness from being on a boat. Oh, and being on a boat didn't help at all either, by the way. I felt my face go white, and my stomach was doing somersaults. My head was spinning. The guide to the trip said all of a sudden, all right, everyone in the water. So now, there I am. I'm floating in a full body wetsuit trying not to shit myself. <laughs> not my finest moment. I couldn't wait for that excursion to end. In fact, when we were pulling up to the shore, I didn't even wait for the boat to dock. I just threw myself out of the boat, ran to the nearest bathroom, and spent the next two days unable to keep anything down. I was weak and dehydrated. At one point, my boyfriend walked in to the bathroom to find me lying on the floor. I'd fainted and hit my head on the sink on the way down. It was so traumatizing, not to mention a waste of two very valuable days on a very expensive trip. But once I was feeling better, I walked past the kitchen of the restaurant that I'd eaten at and saw that the cooks were cutting meat and vegetables on the floor. So anyways, back to you and your dinner at Red Lobster. You have what feels like the worst 48 hours of your life. You never ever expected you could end up this sick from a night out, especially not a night out at your favorite spot. Now tell me, how long would it take before you would go back to eat at that Red Lobster? How much time would have to pass before you would forget clinging to that toilet, praying for all the pain to end? I'll tell you one thing. I still haven't forgot about what it was like waking up on the bathroom floor in Zanzibar. Whenever I party with my girl Ricky, if anyone ever mentions a drink with Malibu in it, she cringes. She won't touch that stuff at all because it reminds her of a time she partied too hard in high school. Now, I'm not trying to be a dick, but high school was a pretty long time ago for her. And she still remembers that icky taste of Malibu plus puke as it was coming back up at the end of the night. And that was a very long time ago. So again, I ask, 
how long would it take before you would set foot in that Red Lobster again? What would it take for you to be absolutely certain that you wouldn't end up sick this time? When I was in middle school, we had pizza delivered one night for our family, and we all could not believe how terrible it was. They'd basically only put tomato sauce on it. There was barely any cheese or anything else we'd ordered, and the dough wasn't cooked. So when we took a bite, it was all still a wet, grainy dough. It was so disgusting. We called Pizza Hut to complain and they said they were so sorry and that they'd mail us coupons for free pizzas next time. Yes, this was a very long time ago before emails or online gift cards. (laughs) I loved checking the mail back then. Remember what it was like being a little kid and not having to worry about bills? (laughs) Then I was so excited when we received an envelope from Pizza Hut. When I opened it, I was super disheartened to learn that they'd given us coupons to their restaurant. As a young girl, I was baffled. Why would we want to go to Pizza Hut again? I wanted gift cards to somewhere else. Little Jaina didn't know that that's not how the world works, but it's fair. I didn't want to eat at the same place again. So for the last time, back to our question, what would it take for Red Lobster to get you back through their doors? For starters, you'd want to know there was a new chef, right? Like, you'd probably also want to know they did renovations in the kitchen and that it had passed the health and safety inspection. I'd also probably have PTSD from the decor in that favorite table, so I'd want the interior design to be remodeled with a new floor plan. The paint on the outside would have to be new. It would have to be under new management. And you know what? Now that I think of it, I would want there to be an entirely new sign to represent all the changes that had been made. And actually, I wouldn't even want it to be called Red Lobster anymore. What am I getting at? Some people cheat and want you back, but all they do is mail you another coupon to the same place. They don't make any changes whatsoever. They just throw an envelope in the mail and say, let's try again. But there's no way for you to know anything is going to be different this time around. In my opinion, the only way you take a cheater back is if they're willing to put in the work to do those renovations, to make all the changes, to make sure you feel safe and comfortable. Does it mean counseling? giving you full access to their phone, complete transparency, new date nights, time and space for you to heal, a plan to make sure that it doesn't happen again, then maybe, maybe you'll set foot in that restaurant again. Is he still making excuses, blaming you even, saying you don't need professional help or not making the changes you need to feel comfortable? If so, you're walking into exactly the same place that sent you to the hospital last time and you shouldn't be surprised if you leave with a tummy ache all over again. So now moving forward, what does healing from being cheated on look like? I never thought it could happen because the pain cut so deep and my worst heartbreak involved me losing a baby and the person I thought was the love of my life at the same time on top of finding out that I was the other woman. So let's just say this was a big, big, big pill for me to swallow. But to me, healing looks like not carrying around anger or resentment about it anymore. I've come to the understanding that I played myself in that situation. I could have put a stop to it after the first, third, or even fifth red flag, but I didn't. I now know what I was meant to learn from that situation, and because of that, I'm truly, genuinely not mad about it anymore at all. I've forgiven him because I don't want to carry around that hate and resentment, and I don't have a single bad feeling towards the situation anymore. I used to tell everyone that I met what I'd been through. It was one of the first stories that came out of my mouth. Like, I identified as the woman who was duped by the man she loved, but now I rarely think about it and wouldn't even bother bringing it up unless it was a situation like this where I thought it might help someone else. I tell you this so you know that there is life, joy, forgiveness, love, a beautiful life on the other side of healing. You are not stuck. 
this has the potential to be a blessing for you. There are over 7 billion other people on this planet, some of which would give anything for the chance to love you. And once you heal and learn how to love yourself, one of them will come along. Until then, let's you and I make a pact to never, ever, ever feel lonely next to someone else ever again. Either speak up or do something about it, but you deserve the love that you give to everyone else. If you ever need a pep talk, please don't be afraid to reach out to me. I love hyping women up. It's what I do. And I'm always available just a DM away on either my personal Instagram, Jane and Marie Makeup, or the podcast page, Big Lash Podcast. Don't be shy. I would love to help. Thanks for pressing play again this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, if you know anyone else who needs this advice, can you pretty please share this show with them? I hear every time you do, an angel gets its wings. It's true. Now, please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go